Okay, so not only do we finally get to talk about a hockey game in which the Calgary Flames have won, which I do few and far between on this show, but we get to talk about a hockey game in which the Calgary Flames won. They mostly looked okay, and they scored more than three goals. Welcome to Game Over Calgary on this Saturday night, this hockey night in Canada. My name is Audie James. Uh, Calgary Flames winning this hockey game 6-3 to three against the Seattle Kraken. And joining me, first time on the show this year, long-time, uh, long-time returning guest, and obviously STPN royalty, the athletic royalty, zone time. You know him, you love him. Julian McKenzie, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. If we're at a point where we're considering the royalty of any kind, uh, maybe I'm the standards aren't so high. Well, I'm at then that point. you're just way, t- you're just way too kind, Naughty James. That's you're just way too kind. You must be in such a great mood I'm after f- that game. You, f- you, you. I have never seen you this happy. To be quite honest with you, I'm pretty chipper because we can maybe put to rest uh, the Audi curse. Is a thing. When was the last time you were this happy? Your wedding? Uh, probably. <laughs> and before that, be- before that, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> couldn't even tell you. <laughs> We're happy tonight, Julian. It was a good game. You should be happy. For I the most part. Fans, my favorite part of watching the ending of that game, I guess it was like the, the first empty that goal, Jonathan Hubert on the bench, extending his arms and looking to the skies. Thank the Lord. It's over. The losing. It's done. Six games. If they lost, it was going to go to seven. It's over. People could be happy now. It's do- it, The losing's done. Ding okay. dong, the streak is dead. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a good time. Uh, it it could have gone real sideways. Let's just say that. If, if it had gone the other way for the Flames, uh, I don't know if I would have want to be on this show, let alone uh, scrolling Twitter or trying to see what Flames fans are talking about. I don't even know what Twitter's talking about right now. Hopefully it's good things because for the most part, it was a pretty good hockey game. We'll get into that and more on this episode of Game Over Calgary. But before we do that, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you have any questions you want to ask myself or Julian uh, about the Flames, about anything, about what Julian's up to, anything like that, um, save that for the end. We'll hit the presser at the end of the show. We're not going to read through too many questions uh, during the stream. My poppy is doing all sorts of things, not wanting to stay on. Um, I gotta say, the fact that you're wearing one reminded me that I gotta wear mine. It's, so it's, it's, I appreciate that. It's I'm having a hard time with it, but we'll we'll make we'll make it work. Um, save your questions for the end. Is the moral of this uh, moral of this message? Save your questions, and we will get to them uh, when we hit the presser at the end. And of course, get more Flames fans in here. Get some Kraken fans in here. Uh, share the stream, like the stream, do all that fun stuff. Put your comments in the chat. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go through as much as we can. But Julian, we mentioned mm-hmm. it off the hop. Good game. Um, your thoughts, I guess, uh, coming into this game, obviously uh, Pospisil getting getting his NHL debut. We've seen a lot of rookie laps lately. It's been yeah, nice to see. I, I got to say, like, the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team is this team is willing to go to its youth to try mm-hmm. to solve its problems. One of the most noticeable things about this team, especially during this losing streak, is how slow they've looked and how they desperately need youthful energy in that lineup. I I, I think Jacob Pelte is being missed uh, for, yeah, for the vibes is. he's able to provide and the pace he's able to bring. But calling up Connor Zary earlier in the week and seeing how good he played uh, against the Dallas Stars 
and keeping him in the lineup. And and look, he gets himself a point on that power play goal from Noah Hannafin. In fact, like I, I keep thinking, I know I singled it out on Twitter, mm-hmm. but the way that power play goes down where Noah Hannafin, Jonathan Huberto, and Connor Zary are feeding around the puck. I keep thinking of how Mark Savard, ultimately the, uh, the power play coach for the Flames, he wants this team to be able to move the puck around. If you have it longer than like two seconds, that's like two seconds too many. On this particular stretch that like I that was isolated, I think Scorchtack got it, and then I quote tweeted it. Connor Zare is the only one on that stretch who's like getting rid of it after like two seconds. Like Hannafin and Huberto are still figuring it out, and ultimately Hannafin takes his time and gets that shot. But the fact that Connor Zare has already grasped that for me, that's really great. And the fact that he has brought energy to align with Nelson Kadri, we know his start to the season has not been ideal. He now has points in three straight games. And strangely enough, I don't know if you know this, but like has assisted on four yeah. Flames rookies goals yeah. dating Coronado, back to Pelche's last year. Pelche. Nato, yeah. Uh, Coronado, Pelche, Pospisil tonight. Yep. Zary on, on on earlier in the week. Like that's that's just like a weird stat. But mm-hmm. the fact that he, he I mean, Kadri's looked better. I, I, I generally think he, the last few games he has tried to put in more effort. He's tried to be more engaged. Um, yeah, and I think the youth play a role in it. Martin Pospisil, the right place at the right time on that stretch uh, that, that led to that goal. I, I think just the youth have to be commended for for all of for 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 the win today and just their play since that game against the Dallas Stars. I, I think the fact that the Flames are willing to go down that well as opposed to last year where they were not willing to do that or they were very hesitant to do that by comparison, that is something that I think the Flames front office staff and the coaching staff should be commended for. One of the mm-hmm. few bright spots to this season is how the youth have played, have been able to play roles on this team. And I get that Matthew Coronado's on the team right now. He looked pretty good uh, in the AHL yesterday, but the commitment to development and the commitment to giving these guys a chance, I think that's on display for this team right now. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Kadri too, because we can just d- jump right into that first and mm-hmm. foremost. Uh, you and I talking a little bit before we started the stream, just about how, much more mobile they look, how faster that, that line looks of Sharon Govich, Kadri, and um and Pospis or sorry, Zeri. Um but yeah, they, he, is his Kadri found his guy? Is 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 he finding his his kind of his mesh here? Cause like I'll be honest, like up until the last few games here, Kadri's obviously it's no secret, hasn't really been much of a presence whatsoever. But uh Looks a hell of a lot better uh, with Zari, who's just been shot out of a cannon. There was that one play where he, very similar to to the previous game against Dallas, where he he kind of takes the puck out of the zone, slows it down, then makes his move and just undresses whichever defenseman's in front of him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's creating space. And I think Kadri's really benefiting from that. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this about Zari. Like, it felt like every time I watched him in the AHL, he would do that move like at least once a game. And I always wondered like, okay, is he able to do that at the NHL level? And when he did that against Dallas, he does, does that again tonight against Seattle. I mean, that is just really special to see. But for Nassim Kadri, I don't think it's that much of a surprise that he looks better alongside faster players. Mm-hmm. People forget that Nassim Kadri to start off the season last year, he was really good. And not only was he like pretty good, the line that he was on with Andrew Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé was good. He had faster guys alongside him who were also playing like feisty and and working in corners and 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 maintaining offensive possessions in the offensive zone. And 
I, I, like this team needs more pace. Like as much more speed and youth as they could get, it will make everyone better. And I'm not surprised that Kadri looks better alongside faster guys, alongside guys who can skate. I think for the Flames, if they want to be successful with this core, it needs to be faster. The way the league has gone in terms of skill and speed, you cannot afford to play behind, especially on an offensive standpoint where you need that going up in transition and you're trying to make plays happen. They need that. I think Kadri looked a little better tonight, and and I think the fact that there's speed around him is a reason why. Yeah, 100%. And that's a great transition into kind of how the flames this is this is just something maybe i noticed too the speed the foot speed and 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 the transition and everything kind of got better as the game went on for the flames yeah um one thing i noticed specifically in the third period is how they countered cuz this cuz the crack and you and i were talking about it during the game going back and forth uh foot speed is huge they're mobile they're they're d are engaged in the offensive zone all these yeah. things that help them move the puck just like effortlessly. It looks like they do it so well. It's very fluid. And in the third period, the Flames kind of countered that with their own like it's going to sound stupid, but they countered it with with speed. Like they they got faster and in turn they looked a lot better and and I think that uh you know, if that's if that's something that they can inject and and get rolling here is that speed. That's going to be a much different looking Flames team uh going forward here. I wonder how much has to do with the fact that they have an opportunity to close out that game and end that losing streak, right? I mean, the fact that they started off that third period as well as they did, and they just kind of kept that going, like, that's as good of a third period as we've seen since, like, game one of this season when they battled back and beat the Winnipeg Jets. Like, they needed that, and they wanted it more than the Seattle Kraken, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how many more wins we're going to see from this team. I don't know if it's going to get to a point where they're still going to have to retool uh-huh. and, and we'll see how it goes. But that's a win that this group really, really needed. I think after that Dallas loss, it was a little bit more positive than what we've seen previously. I think the team had felt that they had done good things in that game, but they really wanted that win at the end of it. And they battled in that third period too against Dallas. It's a much different change I know I'm not in the room there, but just visibly watching them on TV, it's a much different atmosphere around the team right now compared to what it was like against St. Louis where Mackenzie Weaker saying that team broke their will, right? Yeah. So I I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go, but the Flames really needed that win for for their sake. And for those young players in the lineup as well, it's, it's further validation that calling up Pospisil, calling up Zary, uh, those were the right decisions to make. Yeah, 100% they were. And it's... Uh... It's nice to see them getting getting rewarded on the score sheet mm-hmm. as well. Um, lost in all of this was Nick DeSimone's first NHL point as well. Uh, with oh an yeah, assist. he's got to get his props, man. Yeah, he's props. yeah. There's there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good things happening tonight, and and lost in that was the Nick DeSimone point. On the flip side, I, we mm-hmm. would be remiss if we didn't talk about early in this game uh, a likely phone call from George Peros that will be probably headed in Andrew Mangiapane's way. Um, for those of you who missed it, I'm sure you can find this the video circulating online. Basically, Jared McCann was on top of the puck, uh, laying down on the ice, and uh, and Monge hits him with a gnarly little cross-check right to the back of the neck, uh, shoulders to neck, kind of. I see people arguing that he hit him in the shoulders. It was, I think it was as clear as day. It was it was hitting the neck and slid up the back of his head. Either way, his neck snaps forward and, and kind of 
pile drives into the ice. So he's assessed a five in a game and, you know, the Kraken score on that power play. So, you know, you and I were going back and forth again there, just how uncharacteristic that is. But early in the game, the Flames looked like they were playing frustrated hockey. And I think that was just a byproduct of, of that. But either way, just give me uh, give me what you thought about that. So the cross check itself looks bad, as you mentioned. It, it's yeah. in a very dangerous area. McCann is down on the ice. He's covering the puck. Like I like I I know that guys will do that where they'll keep a guy down, or in that situation, if a guy's clearly covering up that puck, like they will they will fend at it. Like I think if Majapani is digging a stick into into McCann, he's trying to fight, trying to get the puck out. I I mean I could be wrong, but he's not putting himself in penalty trouble. Mm-hmm. Like he's actively trying to cover it. And McCann's not really supposed to be doing that. But the fact that he that's his way of trying to get McCann to move off the puck. It's a very dangerous play. Like McCann is in a very hard, is in a vulnerable position on the ice, and it, it almost. I don't want to say there's he t- intended to injure him. I don't want to go that far. Yeah, but like I wonder if the Department of Player Safety interprets it as that. Like I, I don't know. What I will say is, and for those who didn't, for those who didn't watch intermission on Sportsnet for the broadcast, but Elliot Freeman brought up the fact that the closest scenario he can think of was when. Uh, Jamie Ben did a sort of similar move to Mark Stone in the playoffs, and that resulted in a two-game suspension for Jamie Ben. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that is used as precedent. I mean, granted, it was in the playoffs, but even then, like, is that enough to be used as precedent to suspend uh, Andre Majapani? Like, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get some sort of discipline. I don't think we're going to be seeing like a four-game suspension, mm-hmm. like what we've seen to start the year, but like. Do we see a game? I mean, it happened early enough in the game where the game misconduct comes in and he basically sat out the game. Yeah, it was so it was, if he gets he another game, he's out for a while. So if you see him get like a like another game or two, like you could basically call it a three game suspension as an example, because he already basically sat out one game. But right. I don't know. That's the type of plays that you don't want to see in the game. Those are the type of plays that if you're you're the Department of Player Safety, you have to discipline and I, I get that Andrew Majapani. It's a bit uncharacteristic for him. We don't normally see him do that type of stuff. He does play. He does play a little bit with that edge. He can he can work in those corners if he needs to, but I, I don't expect him to do stuff like that. I think he's going to get at least a game. I'd be surprised if he got less. I'd be a little surprised if he got a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I, I think a game is a sufficient punishment for for Andrew, and maybe he comes back in time for that Flames road trip. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And frankly, the Department of Player Safety this year has seemingly been setting the tone and setting the standard early on these, you know, bullshit plays that they're trying to eliminate. We saw it early with Rasmus Anderson and the hit on uh, Patrick Laine, and then you see Charlie McAvoy with it with a with a headshot too, and he, uh, you know, he gets the same punishment as. Uh, as Anderson did. And, and maybe this is uh, as shitty as it's going to be for the flames. It's maybe another example. It's a, Hey, this is the kind of play that we don't want to see. And this is what you're going to sit out for. If we, uh, you know, if, if it, if it takes place. So um, I think, you know, not only was it dangerous, it was dirty. It's it's, it's a chance for the department of player safety to really set the standard and set the standard early. So I, I would like you, I would be surprised if, uh, he doesn't get a call. I think one, two games, yeah, one, 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 one or is, two. Is yeah, enough. yeah, yeah. And like you said too, and you you could you could call it a two gamer, 
based on based on him sitting out. So I'll I'd, add this too with the Andrew Majapani hit as well. That comes like moments after Dan Vladar makes oh, an incredible yeah. save at the other end. And you're in the offensive zone, you miss a chance on net, and then that happens and you take that penalty. Like instead of turning that into more offensive chances for yourself and to help out your goaltender who again made a great save you turn it into a negative and a power play goal against like that was I mean it's a good thing the Flames woke up and turned that into a win for themselves because imagine they lose that game you could almost make an argument that they start it starts from that from that play Mm -hmm. and they never really recover from that but the flames fought stuck with it turned the game around and we're talking about a win instead of a loss today yeah absolutely hey quick uh, housekeeping as we're as we're chugging along here on game over calgary save your questions for the end for the presser be sure to like the stream share it on your favorite social media if you're listening on playback i don't know review it give us a give us a good star rating on your preferred podcatcher there's so many five star stunner rating everybody that's it stunner rating we need it we need it. We love it. So so be sure to uh, show us support where you can. And, and we appreciate you guys all being here. On the topic of Dan Vladar, mm-hmm. hell of a game from him tonight. I think I think he looked uh, – he, he didn't have the heaviest of workloads tonight. I think the, I think the Kraken finished with somewhere in and around 20 shots. Um, you know, you could argue the power play goal was just, you know, what it was, a, 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 a goal on the power play, you're down a man, not really his fault. That first goal, too, was, uh, I think the Bjorkstrand goal was the first one, was a, yeah. was an absolute piss missile. Just a, like a top blocker side snipe that I don't think many goalies are, are saving. It was, it, was, it was just a really nice shot, and he got beat clean on that. But aside from that, hell of a game from, uh, from Dan Vladar tonight. Yeah, first off, piss missile. I'm, I'm, piss I'm not missile. gonna be able to erase. I'm not gonna be able to erase that term out of my head. <laughs> also, like I, I think for Dan Vladar, um, I know the GAA didn't look good coming nope. in. Um, what I will say is, I have a hard time putting much of the blame on the Flame season on goaltending, and I think they've deserved better from how the defense has played and how the offense has played up until tonight, anyway. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cruel when you consider how last year. The offense needed to be a little bit better. The defense, I thought, was solid, but the goaltending was not where it needed to be, and that's from both Markstrom and Vladar. So I think the fact that the Flames are at where they're at, but the goaltending, for the most part, is still, like, I think, solid beyond the goals they've allowed. Like, we're seeing incredible saves from both Markstrom and Vladar to this point in the season, and if they, they figure it out defensively and they tighten up, like, and again, if they commit to this core, because that's still going to be a big question hanging around this team, especially as we approach American Thanksgiving, that is ultimately going to help fuel a possible turnaround. If the goaltending stays up and they don't fall off, that's going to help. And performances like tonight go in the right direction towards that. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because, like, you know, I, I asked you before we came on, is this a turning point game? And you're like, yeah, maybe. I don't know if I'm ready to call it that, but if everything catches up to the way that, you know, Markstrom and Vladar have been uh, between the pipes for the Flames, and and on my, I, I they can't see it on stream, but I still have my missing sign. Oh, yeah, maybe you can. Right here. I still have my missing sign up from the last one. We can start crossing some names off because it's, they, they're, they're maybe on their way back. Um, but for as much shit as I've given Noah Hannafin to start this season, tonight was probably his best game that I've seen him play this year. 
And that dates back to the preseason two where it looked like he was coasting. Um, but yeah, I'm I surprised about that because because Hannafin got himself some points to start off the year. He, I mean, may, maybe in the losing streak he did he didn't look as good, but mm-hmm. I thought to start off the year, uh, he looked pretty. He looked. I'll tell you what, he looked like a guy who was thinking about the money he was trying to make on that next contract. I'll give you that for the first few games of the year. I don't know. I I, I think with his game. He's not the most remarkable defenseman at times. He's mm-hmm. he's mobile. He can get some offense going. But there are so many other guys who are a little bit more dynamic, which is, you know, a knock against him in some ways, but also not a knock because with defensemen, a lot of the times you don't want to be in a position where you're noticed in a game right. unless, like, you're like Kale McCarr. Like, if you're playing solid defensively, we don't think about you too much. That's good. That's a good sign. I think Noah Hannafin, at least the start was good, and maybe he's just been quiet the last few games, but for him to get that power play goal against the crack, and that goes a long way for him too. He looked good. He looked really good. I was I was happy to see it because uh maybe maybe rightly or wrongly, frustrations maybe were tempering with me. But uh he was he was he was the whipping boy for me, uh in terms of uh who to give shit to. But yeah. Actually, I- you know what? I'll give you this. The worst I thought he looked was in that Columbus game on um god i don't remember who scored but there's like a clear play where rasmus anderson's like tied up in front of the net and elias Lindholm oh was yeah, trying to yeah, get yeah like a center like across the way and noah hannafin leaves his spot to go try to cover that and there's a wide open columbus blue jacket right in front of the net and and you've seen the you've seen enough games you've seen the zone structure mm-hmm. the, i call i call it like the hockey box in one because like yeah, yeah. basketball you have the box in one structure yep. it's basically that like Noah Hannafin was out of place on that play. He oh, should he not have it. moved. He blew it. He absolutely did. But like, that's like, I thought that was like the worst. He's that was the worst. He had looked to that point. Other than that, he doesn't usually make that many mistakes on the ice. No, that's, uh, that's true. But like, I, like, like I said, it was good to see a good yes. game out of him. Um, and yeah, that, that, that blue line is uh, not without its faults at times, but starting to maybe get things coming around for him looking a little better um just need it's to one find game some, though just need to find some more it's goals it's one yeah game. it's one game yeah it's a good game and it's a game that i think if you're the flames is is validation for the fact that maybe the losses came cuz you didn't have the puck luck on your side and you know you your goaltending is as good as it can be and you and this team has, has said all along they feel they're a good team they still mm-hmm. believe in themselves top down that's a game you look at and you say, see, like that's a that's a win we needed and that's a win that we were able to get. It's also just one game. And considering the temperature with the fan base, considering the temperature with the whole organization, all it takes is like a loss on Tuesday against Nashville entering that road trip and all of those bad vibes resurface again. Like they they need to turn that Nashville game on Tuesday into a win and they need to come away with that from that road trip with points. They need to take advantage of the fact that the Leafs are not playing at their best right now. Mm -hmm. They need to take advantage of the Ottawa Senators who are coming off one of the wildest weeks in recent memory. Like, let me tell you something. Like, your best defenseman being out for weeks with an injury, Mm. a a player, a a restricted free agent you're about to sign, uh, (laughs) suspended due to a gambling infraction, um, your your GM fired, you lose a first-round pick, and now people are wondering if your head coach is going to be gone before the weekend is up too. Like if that went through an entire season for a team, we're like, damn, you're going through it. That's like, 
10 first days. Month. It's the first month of the That's year. Like the first month of the season for the Ottawa Senators. To bring it back here, the Calgary Flames need to take advantage of that situation, and they need to find a way to get some wins on that. And the Montreal Canadiens are off to a really good start. They need to find a way to get wins, too, on, mm-hmm. on that. They, I think for the Flames, if they want to show that this core is worth at least punting the idea of retooling up until the deadline, you need to pick up points on these next four games. Like, you can't be in a situation where it's like, you get one more win out of that or you fall into another losing streak. I think this is a really important stretch of games coming up for all of those guys in that room. And I know there are probably people listening right now that are saying, no, they should rebuild anyway. They should retool. I don't necessarily disagree with that at this point. But for those guys in that room who want to keep this team around and they truly feel that they have what it takes to be a playoff team and who knows after that, this stretch of games coming up will go well. It, they need it to go well. It's just one game, he says. He's, it, it, it is boo, one. Which is, which is just really like, Audie, stop being such an optimist. Stop being so happy. I'm you're trying an to, you're, no, 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 no. You're trying I'm to kill. Opti- you're trying to kill I'm, my I'm vibe. Trying to be real though. I get I'm it. You're just trying, trying to kill my vibe. You, you said, no, you said, you said off the hop. Audie's happy. Never seen him this happy before. I've and then you're like, I gotta, happy, I gotta, knock, I gotta knock this guy down a little bit. This is getting look, dude, weird, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> I look. I get it. I feel like I don't want to come across as a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm fucking with you. Here's the thing between this game. Uh, I saw people. I just got. I just got to take a moment here. Let me take a moment here. <laughs> I saw some people on on Wednesday night get their loving on Connor's Zary. He oh, had yeah. a really good debut. I thought he was really impressive. But there are people going out of their way being like, "That was a spectacular debut. That was amazing." <laughs> they were using all these adjectives. The best Connor in Alberta. <laughs> like, 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 is the bar that low? Like what's up? Like geez, like for real? Like you, you guys really? You guys in Calgary have they, not seen enough from like prospects <laughs> in their debuts. Like I thought of Ryan Bailey, who scored like scored but, a hat trick on when, hockey night Canada. When was NHL the last? Debut. When was the last like prospect debut that Flames fans could be excited for? That's a great question. I I was definitely not around for that. Like I think Connor Zary, like they're saying, like his him scoring in his HL debut is like the first prospect, the fl- first Flames prospect to do that in what, like six or seven years? I'll find the exact stat. But like, yeah, I I guess the bar must be that low. And I'm not trying to throw shade at fans or the team or anything like that. It's just when I saw people go out of their way, be like, yo, that was a spectacular debut from Condor's area. I'm like, like, let's, 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 let's slow the roll a little bit. Condor's area, back-to-back good games for him. And if he keeps that going, now some country even said to himself after the Wednesday game, it's all about him just being consistent and, and keeping that going. Like, if he keeps that going, then you could really get your love in on Connor's area. And hey, maybe that's the Flames rookie who ends up getting Calder votes at the end of the year and not Matthew Coronado. Maybe he still does. But like two games. Let's Pipe it down. Also calm. Also calm. Come on, Zion Francais. Like, also calm. <laughs> let's calm down. Let's oui, just oui. let's just ease up. Let's just ease up. Also calm. Also calm. Let's calm down. Also calm. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one in the in the back pocket here. Um also calm. As, uh, as also calm, also calm, right. mon gars. Also calm, right. uh, right. also calm, mon G. Well, mon G, I like that. I'll, uh, well, well, <laughs> <laughs> I took French immersion in high school, and this is just a side note, unrelated as fuck. But I, uh, <laughs> I, I've lost like every ounce of French that I've that I could speak. I've only been, I've only been out of high school for golly ten years now. It sounds so silly. 
I forget if you're older decade. or younger than me. No, I you th- no no no. You thought you thought when we first met that I was older than you. Yes, yes. And I'm yes. I'm I think I'm two years younger than you. So you've been out of high school for a decade. I've been. I graduated out of high in 2014. Okay, I graduated from high school in 2011. But also okay. we, but also you had you probably had grade 12. I did. So we don't have grade 12 in. in Quebec, you were too so good like... for grade 12. You could just say it. <laughs> Yeah, that's why they put me. 12. Yeah, that's 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 immediate. That's exactly why I went to CJEP after and did two more years of school before university and then board university. That's exactly it. That's exactly it, Andre. bro. Just bro, just loves school. Um, yeah, yeah. That's why they almost didn't want to leave. That's almost right. Didn't want to leave. That's anyway. right. Um, I don't even know where I was going with. Oh yeah, I lost all my French. But yeah, we'll, we'll work on the. Uh, every time you come on here, you got to teach me re- reignite my more uh, my francophone yeah. side. Um, game over Calgary. If you're just tuning in, thanks for tuning in so far. It's been a good show. Julian McKenzie here with me, uh, recapping the Calgary Flames six to three win tonight over the Seattle Kraken. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about the look ahead, uh, for the Flames here. Um, I was just you had you 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 rhymed off all the all the games, and I was trying to remember, mm. but I'm just. I got to pull it up. So All Nashville right. launched. Yeah, Nashville. And yeah. then uh, Friday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. And then Tuesday after that, they're against the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So it's. I probably those... remember that because I'm going to be on that road trip. That's why I, I have that in my head. It's 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 going to be. Uh... Is it too early to say make or break road trip? I don't think so at all. I'll reiterate that point because uh-huh. of the fact that, you know, I don't remember specifically when American Thanksgiving is, but we look at that as the the unofficial date. Yeah, Yeah, it's a litmus test. Like if you're in a playoff spot at that point, that's a good sign that you'll make it. If you're not in a playoff spot, like that's you got to pick it up. For what it's worth, from what I remember, I think the Flames were battling, or at least were in a playoff spot last year at American Thanksgiving. At the very least, it was still early enough in their year where you could still give them the benefit of the doubt that they could turn it around. Obviously, we know how that ended, but I just think with the fact that, you know, it looked as if the Noah Hannafin contract talks, they were they were close. Like Elliot Friedman talking about it on on Saturday headlines on Hockey Night in Canada. Like that that's a pretty good indication that like things were progressing the right direction with that. And and look, I'm I'm sure the the Flames with Elias Lindholm, I'm sure there's they're still thinking about that. I mean, Elias Lindholm, I think, has made it pretty clear that he – I think he made it pretty clear he wants his money at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But that's he a whole other bag. discussion itself. But the fact that the Flames were seemingly in a position to extend contracts and then almost immediately had to pivot on that, I think the fact that they have these next four games coming up, that really is going to play a role in in how they feel with, with, the, with the team going forward. And – it's funny because, like, right now, like, I mean, entering the game, they're like a bottom five team, and they were bottom five in goals, and they need a lot of stuff to go their way. And there are people looking at this team being like, man, like, if they're going to play like this, like, you retool, you sell off assets, and you just suck the year. But wouldn't it be very, like, I don't know if it would be very Calgary Flames of this team, but wouldn't it be funny just seeing this team play well enough to dig themselves out of the hole that they're in and then they're just back in that mushy middle that everyone hates. Like, I I see it with this team. I think, I mean, if they play well enough and they end up as a wild card team, I think that's still pretty good. But, like, I I wonder about the direction that this team wants to go, 
And I wonder how far down this team will have to be in order for Craig Conroy, the general manager of the team, to commit to a path either way. Because if this team plays well enough on this next stretch of games, maybe the team says, you know what? Let's hold off on on selling for a second. Let's just see how this goes and we give ourselves more time. And ultimately, that probably means you you go to the deadline and you reassess. And I still am not firmly clear on what it takes for this team in order to sell or to buy or or just stay put or, or do whatever they need to do. If they're fighting for a playoff spot, is that enough? If they're in a wild card spot, if they're in third in the division, is that enough? If they're first or second, you could tell that they're going to keep with that team. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel with the pieces that they have and how tough it will be to sell off those assets beyond Elias Lindholm and, and Noah Hannafin, but even Tanev and Zadorov as well. Like, I, I, I wonder... I, I just I I'm not saying like they're leading in any particular direction. I just still have questions about where exactly this Flames team needs to be in order for them to pick a direction because there's still a part of me that wonders that if they show enough signs of life and they're fighting, if the Flames just say, you know what, let's just stick with this and then we move all the rebuild retool talk to another time. Like I I I just I'm just I've been wondering about that myself and I don't know if the answer is clear. Yeah, it's not. And and that's probably one of the biggest things that I've been talking about on this show. People leading into the season have been talking about in regards to the Flames is the lack of direction or mm-hmm. what what is this team? Are, are like you're you're right in the sense that like it's the it's the same as the Gaudreau thing. They were the best team in the Pacific at the time uh of the trade deadline going into an offseason where Johnny Gaudreau's unsigned. Uh, you don't trade that asset. Things are going very well, and he's Johnny Gaudreau putting up, you know, ridiculous numbers. Uh, if at the deadline any of those pending uh, UFAs are there, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I guess we got to kind of get through these next stretch of games here to see, get a better temperature and on that's what my this point. team's going to be. And, and that's my point. I think like. The fact that they were able to get out of that losing streak is good. Yeah, 100%. But it is just one game. And if No, you, you're right. And if you play well against the Nashville Predators, that's two wins in a row. Does that tell you enough? If you come away from that road trip with three consecutive wins and you're suddenly on a five-game winning streak, what does that tell you about your team? What does that tell you if you're Craig Conroy? If you're Noah Hannafin, are you are you thinking, you know what, this team is able to battle back, I'm signing that extension, or are you still holding off? I, I don't know. I I, I I I think the five games might tell us something. They might not, but tell you what, if they win those games, I think it cloudies the picture a little bit more. If they 100%. lose those games, it makes it more straightforward and you say, okay, this team really isn't good enough. And then you move on from those assets. If they win games out of this, I think it, it in a weird way, it makes the, the job a lot harder for Craig Conroy. And you take heat off yourself, and everyone gets to focus on that team to the north that's stinking up the joint. Yeah, at least it's not Edmonton. We can we can say that. Um, I wanted- oh brother, the Oilers stink. Bro's <laughs> pulling out the SpongeBob references now, eh? Uh, they, they look bad. They, they do look, look bad. It's, it's wild. I, they have a two seven one record. The Oilers should ha- not look this bad. How much more is Connor McDavid going to take of this? I know this isn't that game is over, Edmonton, and and Zach. I think Zach hosted tonight, so you know the boy was fired up for sure. Yeah. 
You but, me and Zach, we gotta we got we gotta break bread we, at like at like Joey's or something and yeah. talk about this. But I gotta say, if you're the Edmonton Oilers right now, the fact that's what I find so funny. The Calgary Flames are going through all of this and they're off to a tough start. And like they're not even the most interesting Albertan team to go off to a two seven and one start. Like the Edmonton Oilers, so many people picked them to go to the cup final. This Man, year. the entire did you see that sport that the clip of all yeah. the sports and analysts and, and it, it yeah, was all across like three people. Yeah, it was like Kiprios. I can't remember who the other two were picked Vegas. Kiprios, everybody else Sonny picked Sachiba. the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah, every there were like a couple guys who had picked Vegas. But like the fact that the Edmonton Oilers are in the spot that they're in, like it's 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 mind boggling mind boggling to me. You know how crazy you know how wild it is? We have people out here saying, damn, maybe the Oilers should hire Daryl Daryl Sutter, Sutter. head coach. <laughs> What the hell is going on? What? Yeah. Shout out, shout out, shout out Justin Sea uh, of Red Central on Twitter for <laughs> he. I think he's been banging that drum a little bit. And Can I, I get and on I my soapbox it. for another few seconds? Please, yeah, yeah. I need to talk about this. All right, All right. let's hear. During it. this fl- during this Flames losing streak, uh-huh. I've seen a lot of people uh, bring up Daryl Sutter and Akita's Adorov opened that Pandora's box. When he he did. Them. He did. Okay. Do I think this team? probably plays better under some kind of system maybe as opposed to what they were trying to do with trying to encourage more creative freedom the players just don't have that skill Mm -hmm. but like daryl sutter as a coach look he has the credentials to be a hall of fame coach he's got the stanley cup wins yep like i'm not completely convinced that he was going to make this team that much better remember he had the same roster and they missed the playoffs he did this team was going through that this team was going through like bad times daryl sutter was not the dude who was gonna turn franz upside down and tell everyone to be positive no that was not the guy no it was no he's he was not the guy he was not the guy y'all could go read the story that i worked on uh with with katie strag mm-hmm. and Haley salvi for a couple months ago where where you know it was not fun playing with daryl sutter i don't I'll know bet you it wasn't sutter fun was- talking with daryl sutter after every fucking game last year either and and I know you could you can you can you know I'm can I'm tell my I'm have I told my Michael Backlund story about that I don't know if I told that story on I on don't Game remember Over. I don't think so so my favorite Daryl Sutter story of all time uh, it's funny you mentioned talking to him my favorite Daryl Sutter <laughs> story of all time um, and I only have so many Michael Backlund is in is in a scrum with us last year around the time he's about to play his 900th NHL game and he's telling us how he doesn't. Um, like he doesn't want to wear number 11 before this one season. He was wearing like 61 before. Yeah. Yeah. I might've written about it, but for those who didn't read it, this I'm telling the story. So he's all like, Hey, I don't want to wear 11. I don't want to wear 11. I hope Daryl doesn't give me 11. Sure enough. He gets there that season. Darryl I remember Sutter, the story now. Daryl Sutter you told me at lunch. It. Okay. I told you at lunch, but maybe the people here haven't listened. No, no, no. They but, haven't heard it. It's all that Michael Backlund doesn't want to enter the new season with wearing a number 11. And Daryl Sutter decides, I'm giving this man number 11. And, like, we're all in the scrum here in this story. We're like, geez, like, why does he want to give him number 11? And someone in the locker room had kind of mentioned that, like, okay, the reason why he got 11 was because he wanted to appear taller. And I'm like, what? Like, really? Like, why would this? Why? Like, really? Like, that's such a weird thing. I walk out of the locker room. Daryl Sutter happens to be there. So I just go to Daryl. I'm like, hey, Daryl, um, Michael Backlund wearing 11. Like, why did you give him this number? I, I, I kid you not. He looks at me. 
and I know this is gonna sound this is gonna sound weird for those who are just watching on audio. He looks at me and he starts waving his arms up and down, up and down, <laughs> like an inflatable tube. Man. Like these guys. And, yeah. yeah, like like up and down. And I stare at him for a good like five seconds and I'm like, You did this because you want him to look taller. He's like, Yep. And I was just like Wow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so there was validity to the whole, yeah, you just wanted Bax to look a little taller. That's my favorite. I mean, I don't have a lot of, like, I, I think by comparison to some of my other colleagues who covered him, uh, I was spared. I don't have any, like, <laughs> there was, like, one time I asked who, who was going to start in net, and Daryl was like, well, you're new here. You you can't ask those questions, so uh, don't do that. Uh, you, you're new, so I'm not going to get you. Uh, you know, don't ask those questions. But, like, I didn't get unfortunately not to not to reference my man here, but I didn't get the solemn apology. No, dude, like bro, we very different. How much did we talk about that last year? Solemn was like, solemn asked all the greatest questions ever, and every time I heard, yeah, we'll go over to solemn Volgy TSN. I'm like, oh fuck, (laughs) fuck. Pray for I my don't boy. Think he likes that reputation. No, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to paint him with that, that reputation. But like, but like, but like no. But 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 in fairness, every Flames fan that I saw on Twitter absolutely backed Solemn every time he asked him a question yeah. because he, he asked really good questions. unreal he questions. Job in those scrums, Daryl's just a fucking prick. <laughs> Daryl's a fucking prick. I can say that. I can say that. For a lot of our jobs, it was not the easiest. So when we heard Ryan Husko is getting hired who sometimes would fill in for Daryl for some yeah. of those pressers. I got to say, uh, I couldn't find too many people who were in total opposition it was a, oh, of that. Especially thank that. fucking God. <laughs> a collective sigh of relief. I want to oh, ask you one man. thing before we hit the presser yep. about that, uh, this whole up and down thing. Yes. yes. Did, did anybody, was anybody walking out of the room while, Dar- while, while you're standing there looking up at Daryl and all he's doing is this to you? Like, was, was there any I judgment? Don't... I, I don't remember, and I, I don't know what I would notice because I was just fixated on that man the whole time. I just couldn't believe that he that he just did this. And if it wasn't for someone telling me the reason, I would have just been like, "What the hell are you doing?" It's yeah. the fact that it immediately clicked in my head. Oh my god, he really did this so he could seem taller, and this was his way of explaining why that came to be. It's unreal. It's it's really wild, and it's also just. I don't know. It's funny to see how Daryl, like for good chunks of the year, those kind of quirky things he would do at the beginning of the year, there was like, oh, that's just Daryl being Daryl. And then <laughs> yeah. in hindsight, you look at that, you're like, huh, maybe he shouldn't have called his ten and a half million dollar player, uh, you know, say that he was taking a dump yeah. in the middle of a game. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have singled out that young player by number, which I have to say, like, he tried his best to like walk that back without full-on saying, like, I'm sorry. Like, there were times yeah, when he yeah. was just like, okay, like, I was trying to say X, Y, Z. And that happened for, like, a bunch of press conferences after that. But all that to say, like, yes, fine. Daryl Sutter, in terms of what he tried to get out of this roster last year, there were some elements of that that maybe they could benefit from this year. But I still don't think he brings this team to the promised land. I'm not Mm-mm. convinced of that. Especially, Mm-mm. maybe with the goaltending, it looks a little better. But like, I still think just a, a change, a change was needed in that locker room. Now it's on the players. The players have to pr- have to show themselves that you know they're they're better than what they were last year. 
and yeah. and they can you know help this team get to the playoffs if that's still the goal they want to pursue. I, I like I, there's no more excuses on that front to quote Nikita Zadorov. But for people who are all like, man, like Daryl Sutter wasn't the problem. There's some merit to that in some ways, but let's not act like it wasn't. You know, it wasn't still the right call for him to go. I, I still think it ultimately was. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Let's uh, let's let's hit the presser here. I put a call out on the uh, in the live chat there uh, for some questions. We do have uh, a good amount of questions, actually, Julian. So um, questions, man. Here's one from Mitch says: Are the Sharks the worst team ever? Golly, they 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 look Oof. like it, brother. They look like it. I mean, I I uh, back in Montreal, I did a show, uh, Hockey Inside Out, which covered the Montreal Canadiens. One of the panelists who was on that show was a defenseman by the name of Rick Green, who was the number one overall pick of the Washington Capitals of 74-75. Yep. I want to say, at least, at the very least, he was on that team that was like the worst team ever. And mm-hmm. I need to double check if they've ever been in a situation where they allowed 10 goals in back-to-back games. It is awful. I feel bad for Anthony Duclair. That is like the I one know. player I feel worse for Genuinely. more than anyone on that team. That dude was on like a high-powered, high-flying Florida Panthers team. He was in the Stanley Cup final like a couple months ago, and now he's on the worst possible team. Dumpster he could fire be on. team. Oh my god! I like. I, I What's enticing I to, to go to San Jose? The weather right now. I mean, the weather, uh, you're not getting nearly as much attention. Yeah. Uh, you you might be able to hear yourself think at the <laughs> arena now because people are people are less and less are going to show up to games. Yeah. I was in a group chat this tonight, and one of my friends was saying, like, yo, like, David Quinn, the head coach, maybe he's probably going to get fired. I think David Quinn should quit. I think he should he should quit before they get it to him because I don't know. I don't know how you coach team and you and you Imagine allow getting fired. Goals. From what? that team, that's not fair. Like what? I would quit. I would quit. Man. Yeah. And from look, tough. Mike Greer, Mike Greer, general manager of that team. Look, if you if the goal's to tank, you're definitely succeeding. Oh, they're Could the you imagine type you go commanders. A imagine you go through a season like that. You finish dead last, and you get the third overall. Pick. <laughs> you don't even get Macklin. You don't even you don't even get that's... in the discussion for Macklin or Cole. You get the third overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's how it's gonna work. It happens every year. When when do we oh ever see God. when do we ever see exactly what the odds for the lottery suggest that they will be? It's it's but but you can still get good players. Oh yeah, in in a draft spot. Like Detroit, like in the in the bubble year, um, or the 2019-2020 year was like the worst team. And, like, that was the year the Rangers won. They had played in the play-in games. They still got the number one overall pick. Detroit ended up picking fourth. And that's – is that the most Cider year or is that the Lucas Raymond year? Uh, I think Mo it was Mo. Cider, I believe. I mean, Mo Cider's a good defenseman, right? Yeah. Like, that's still a pretty good pick for them. They got him fourth overall. You can get – there are some good players you can get at fourth overall. Uh, that guy yeah. in Colorado is doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. You know that guy who's also guy. from Alberta. Yeah, the uh, the the Calgary Alberta native who uh, graced the Alberta Junior Hockey League with his presence uh, with the Brooks Bandits. And tell you yeah. what, when that uh, when that new arena opens up in Calgary, great guy to have. Great Hell guy to yeah. have on that team if they find a way Hey, to I think work. I think When's he's up by then. Spy? He's up by then. 
Wow. I think. Gotta say, man. Yeah. Wow. That guy ends up showing up. He ends up being signed to, to the Calgary Flames. What a signing that would be, huh? Absolutely. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. We got a long ways to go before we get there. Uh, this one for you. Uh, it's from Nate. He says, what was okay. your favorite aspect of being at the Heritage Classic last weekend? He says he thinks he remembers you saying at the Game Over meetup that that was your first outdoor game that you've been to. Yeah, yeah it was the very first outdoor game I was ever at. And partway through the game, uh, in the second period, I actually ran into uh, producer Nick Andrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been he's been going all over the place. He's, he's uh, got a seems. yeah, he's he's uh, he's a suitcase, as they say. Uh, yeah, must as be of nice. late. But yeah. He, but yeah, him and I and um, Tom Stewart, who does a lot of uh, video stuff for Sportsnet, we just hung out uh, kind of along the concourse at Commonwealth Stadium, and we're just taking in the sights and sounds of the game, mm-hmm. and it just sound sounded amazing. Like in the press box, it's warm, and you're you're by your desk, and you're you've got all the chocolates, and you got like all the candies and stuff to kind of keep you you know in in good shape while you're watching this game. But to be outside and to take in the atmosphere. Like it just felt so, so cool to just be there and watch the game from as close as you can in that setting. It just looked, it looked beautiful. It looked awesome. It wasn't that cold. It was like three degrees Celsius around puck drop. Like I, I had a lot of fun tapping into that game and and taking in everything. I mean, Nickelback was all right too. Like the concert was actually not that bad. They should have played Burn It to the Ground, but I really enjoyed. Uh, watching that show and watching those guys perform. It was, I never thought I'd be at a Nickelback concert in my life. It was a very Alberta experience. <laughs> it was an extremely Albertan experience. That's that's a welcome, welcome to Berta. Welcome to Berta. Welcome to Berta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, how many, how many fuck Trudeau stickers did you see on trucks on the way? <laughs> <laughs> Alberta's um, got to have the most cap, like per capita, the most. F Trudeau stickers. It's, I, I, it's like, so I'm trying funny. to think how many I saw. There's what the one that really stood out to me on the drive back. Someone left like a flat Earth like banner in the middle of some like farmland yeah. with like a phone number, like some like flat Earth society. Bro, so like between damn. between Wetaskiwin and Edmonton, the craziest signs on the side of the road. Dog, <laughs> the craziest signs on the side of the road. I was like, I got to, I got to the the pints, and I, I was uh, Peter and I were just waiting, um, and I, I was like, did you drive up here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, did you did you see such and such sign at in Wetaskiwin? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, did you <laughs> oh, see yeah. this one? I'm like, oh yeah. And it was just, it's back and forth. There's there's some fucking just crazy signs. Uh, By the way, the, further sorry, north you go in Alberta. To everyone, to everyone who wanted to be at, the, to everyone who was at the pint at a didn't see me there i'm sorry i got there late i re- tried to write off the game tried to get there on time i i was not able to make it i apologize you looked uh, my in, hope- in fairness you looked fucking gassed and and right oh, i was so exhausted. you had you had a busy weekend i was exhausted like my voice was definitely not at 100 percent. that was yeah. mostly because i spent the friday night at a karaoke bar with uh oilers uh oilers tv man uh, tony brar and uh, avery <laughs> avery lewis mcdougall was also part of that group he did not sing avery lewis mcdougall was just hanging out with us and he was just chilling there he got a little ginger ale like he hanging out he's not doing much like i thought he was gonna at least come up and like sing but he was just like you think i'm gonna embarrass myself for all these people <laughs> he's too sophisticated what? of a man to do karaoke i love i love he wears avery. fedoras how yeah. sophisticated can you be Hey, 
Love you, I, Avery. I, I, so we, we were actually planning, or well, not planning. Andrew mentioned this well after it should have been a thing that we were all going to, because Avery obviously showed up a little bit late to the show because you guys were doing your media, media stuff. Um, yeah. And we were all going to have fedoras on for when oh Avery showed up. And I'm like, fuck, that would have been so perfect. But it never ended up panning out. But I remember because we have the big... You could have never gotten me to do that. I would have just... No? I would have flat out refused. I would have flat out refused. Especially if Berkshire is recommending that. I would have been like, no, you can't make me do anything. <laughs> I would have made him wear one, to too. the dot. I would have oh, made him wear one, too. But I would have made Berkshire wear two. There's, there's, there's not very many people that can pull off a fedora. And Avery Lewis McDougall. We love him. He's about the only person I know who looks good in a fedora. Um, we just need to get his uh, his takes on food a little bit uh, a little bit better here. Maybe expand that's, his that's, palate that's, a little bit. That's not changing. That's not that's changing. Not, I, I, we we almost made a bet. We didn't end up. It didn't end up coming to fruition. Uh, that the loser of the Battle of Alberta had to eat one of the foods that contradict the opinions. So I was going to feed Avery uh, a medium rare steak to get him a little bit you know, more acclimated to what a good steak should taste like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he was going to feed me, but oh, look, it, I'm not too picky. There's a reason so. why he didn't recommend anything. He was not eating that damn steak. Oh, <laughs> hell no, he was not going to eat that steak. <laughs> um, Julian, this has been a blast as it always is, man. Uh, look, if you're a Flames fan, you're watching this show. Like Julian says, Stay stay optimistic, but not too optimistic. Hey, tell tell everybody what you're up to, where they can find you, uh, in case they live under a rock in, in this neck of the woods. Follow me on Twitter, JKA McKenzie. Uh, follow me on The Athletic. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic. I'm sure there's some sale that's going to come up where it's going to be like 50 cents, you know, a month or something. <laughs> Black Friday is coming up. Yeah. Look, if you, yeah. you want to wait a little bit before you subscribe to The Athletic, I don't blame you. Black Friday is coming up. Just just go on one of my articles and subscribe from there. That will make my employers happy. Uh, check out the CJ show. We do shows on Monday and Thursday. Uh, since I'm going to be on that road trip, maybe we have an in-person show this week. We have to figure out the scheduling on that one. And uh, be sure to check out Zone Time uh, with Yahoo Sports. That's me, uh, Tic Tac Tomar, Avery, uh, Sam Chang, sometimes uh, Arun Srinivasan. Basically, like if you have like all of your favorite game over people whether they're guests or main people and you want them on one show all at once zone time is as good as it can get which is exactly why i'm not on zone time no i'm I'm sorry man i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) that's not my call that's not my call no don't do this don't do this i was more so trying to guilt you to make you know you you said it not me but look, uh, man, look, man, one day, one day, I'll tell you about all the people who were suggested to be on that show. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, if those people were on that show, it would look very different than what it looks like today, man. But Zone Time's a great show. Man. Hey, that's, no, it's awesome. That's, that's not, to, baby, you know? it's not, to, show. not to diminish it at all, because you guys do, do no. great things. So, um, yeah, that's been it. That's been it. Uh, let's let's look forward. Let's get a better litmus test as to. Uh, what this Calgary Flames team is, what they can be, uh, a big stretch of games coming up for the Calgary Flames. As for your next Game Over show, it's going to be Peter Klein. It's on Tuesday, the 7th of uh, November against the Nashville Predators. As mentioned, Peter Klein will have that one, and then a big swing in Ontario 
Maple Leafs, Senators, Canadians. Those will all be game over head-to-heads. Um, so look forward to those here on SDPN Sports and the Game Over program. My name is Audi James. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for, uh, for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next Game Over with Peter on Tuesday. Adios. Peace. Yeah!